We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage here. Tommy will be back in just a little bit. Uh, we will get Mike Golick on as we make our way through the hour here to talk a little NFL. So, Paul, let's start the conversation. Haven't had your thoughts yet on what's coming in this offseason, potentially with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady as free agents uh, to go wherever. What have you made of all this? And, and sort of where does your gut feel? Do you think we'll see both of these guys, one of these guys, same place, new place, where are, you, where are you sitting with the Brady and Rodgers saga again this offseason? Well, those two guys have certainly earned the right to do their timetable. It's not anybody else's timetable. It's their timetable. And listen, you know the psychology as well as I do at this point of a football season, particularly when uh, you're done playing for the season and you got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. You know, that's hard. That's tough. That'll bring you down. That's one of those things that, you know, it just doesn't go away overnight. And the next morning you get up, oh, life goes on. No, you're thinking about it. And as, as, as time goes on, it will get easier to digest, you know, the results of the first round of the playoffs. It'll also get to a point where you start focusing on, well, do I want to do this again? Both these guys, nobody would be surprised if we had two retirements of two great quarterbacks who would go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame five years from now. Nobody would be surprised if they did that. But there's a fire that I still suspect is in both these guys. You, you, you've seen that fire on the field. You've seen it over their career. And I believe it's probably still there. I still think the Bunsen burner is still smoldering with regards to that fire. So I'm, I'm thinking both of them come back. Now, with Tom Brady, I don't know if he comes back as a buck, we will see if he comes back as a buck. But uh, I think both of them come back. Obviously, uh, you know, Rodgers will come back as a Packer. But, yeah, if I had to lay money on it right now, one week after those guys were done playing uh, for the year, I would say both are back. I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's a gut feeling I have knowing football players the way I know them. And uh, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but, yeah, they both are coming back. 
Yeah, and and I'd be curious on your take on this too, Paul. I I think they both still have plenty in the tank, and I think both could still win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I I, I could totally see either one of those quarterbacks in a spot, um, you know, similar to what we saw with Brady and Tampa Bay early, that either one of them still have it physically enough to win a Super Bowl, right? And, and clearly mentally, but I I think that that's possible. Totally possible. Well, I think you're exactly right uh, because, after all, you look at you look at particularly uh, Tom Brady and his age and his experience. I mean, he got he got a team into the playoffs, a team that was sub 500. But I believe that they're, they've had some other problems on, on with the Bucks. But you know, and then you look at at Rodgers. Uh, you know, you just think that there are a few pieces of the puzzle away from being another one of those dominant teams. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It you, you make the right trade here or there. You bolster a little bit offensive line and give those two guys protection. Are there two quarterbacks in the entire NFL that need more protection than those two? Age has something to do with it, although Tom Brady isn't near as mobile as, uh, as uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, by the way, I still marvel at the control that Aaron Rodgers has in a pocket. That guy is a master of how to use your pocket, how to move in your pocket, how to get out of your pocket. There's He is just a master uh, when it comes to pocket usage. And so, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, has probably the advantage because there's some things that he can still do with his body that Tom Brady can't do. But I like them both coming back. Yeah, I I think you know you look at it where where should each guy go? I think for you know for Brady prioritizing an offensive line and familiarity, you know, with an offense is probably going to be what leads him wherever. For I don't know what will lead Rodgers wherever he ends up going. Um, you know, he, is it experience at the wide receiver position? Is it a great defense? Like I, I have a harder time imagining Rodgers and what he'll value in this process because I feel like he values playing at Lambeau Field when games matter so much. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot potentially out there to digest right. with that, right? And and see um, just where things go. Right. Another topic right now, Paul, in the NFL. I'd I'd be curious to get your take on all the head coach names out there, all the guys who are going to get interviews, all the things possible. Who do you think is best equipped to be a new head coach somewhere? Like, who do you have your eye on as the guy you think will have success? Right now, Kansas City, the enemy, is the one that I'm looking at right now, probably because he's a Kansas City chief. But I look at him and I think to myself, why has he not gotten one of the uh, plum jobs in the NFL over what – Shall we say the last four years at least, maybe even longer than that, maybe three years. I don't know what the time period is where he has been seriously looked at as a head coach. But there's a reason he didn't take jobs. I don't know what that is. You don't know what that that reason is. But everything that he's done always has, has fascinated, me when it, fascinated me when it comes to trying to decide when is his time as a head coach. I'm thinking maybe it's this year. I'm thinking particularly if they win the Super Bowl. If Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, yeah. I'm thinking really and truly this might be his time to make that move. A lot of offensive coordinators getting the axe right now. It seems like now this is just anecdotal. I don't know. I can't back this up with facts. This is totally just off of what my observations are. 
more offensive coordinators being fired than I remember over the past, what, five, ten years, I suspect. I don't know if that's the case, but it sure seems like it. At least they're getting a lot more press, you know, as a fired offensive coordinator than they've been getting. And that might be just what it is. I don't know. But uh, there's going to be a lot of changes. It seems like there's a lot of changes going on in coaching staffs all over the NFL, more than than I, I recall it, or maybe I just didn't pay attention. But it seems like everything going on is crazy. But I like Eric Manamy. He would probably be my number one pick just based upon the results of, the let's say, the last five years with the Kansas City Chiefs and what they've been able to do with who they have, how they do it, and the creativity of, uh, of using players to fit what they need. I mean, you lose a guy like Tariq Hill, the, probably one of the fastest two or three you know, receivers in all of professional football, and then you come back and, and you recreate around what you have. Eric Bieniemy has this ability to do what, what a team is capable of doing and fitting that into his, his offense. That's why I like him. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I think this could be the year. As long as they don't have an offensive performance that falls flat in the postseason, I do think it's the year, and I think it is because, you know, they reinvented themselves. And and I also agree with you that it feels like there's more, you know, offensive coordinator-type movement happening. But I think that's because of what we've seen, you know, across the league this year, right? And we we saw defenses, especially early in this year, play teams the way that teams played Patrick Mahomes last year, which gave the Chiefs fits too. And and to me, just as an overall trend, right, as a, as a general trend, it felt like defenses were ahead of offenses this year and defensive coordinators were ahead of offensive coordinators this year. And I think that's created some pressure in a lot of places. And Biennemi reacted to it well. Now, the I think that one of the things with Bieniemy, and I don't think Paul, it's that he hasn't taken a job. I don't think he's been offered. One. Well, that might be. And 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 I don't. You know, it's always been complicated with Bieniemy because there hasn't been a clear definition. I don't think of like what role does Andy Reid still play in that offense, right? And how much does he do versus his coordinators versus his assistants and you know Doug Peterson notwithstanding didn't work out for Nagy right like I, I think there's some hesitance there because people feel like it's a lot of the offensive things that happen are still Andy Reid so we know about the turmoil with Bienemy or at least the reported turmoil last year we've seen Mahomes and Bienemy get heated on the sidelines those things probably matter too and I think people are a little more at peace with that as far as maybe one of the reasons I definitely could see a world, though, Paul, where even if Bienemy doesn't get a head coaching job, he takes a job somewhere else. Because if he doesn't get it this year, like if this isn't the year for Bienemy, I feel like he's not going to have a choice but to go somewhere else, show, hey, this is me, not Andy Reid. Now give me a head coaching job. Well, hold on there just a second, my young friend. I think that might be the nuttiest thing you've said on this whole show today. Are you kidding me? You're an offensive coordinator, and you're leaving Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> come on, come well, on, Jacob. You, think about that comment for just a no, second. No, no. If, I'm even getting an eye roll Eric from Bien-Ami, If you're Eric Bieniemy, Paul, like he he's and he wants to be a head coach, it's not coming because everybody you know doesn't give him the credit for what happens in Kansas City for whatever reason, and whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, true or not true, 
it's the reality. If his aspirations are to be a head coach and it doesn't happen this year, it's probably not going to happen. And so, you know, there are other teams. And I'm not saying you just go anywhere, but remember, too, there was curious contract things happening for Eric Bieniemy, And it was on one-year deals. He wasn't even assured to be the offensive coordinator this year until later in the offseason. And it got real weird, real fast. So I, I absolutely think that's on the table. And again, that's if your aspirations to be a head coach and, and that's all you want to do. You, you almost have to. Because if it doesn't happen this year for Biennemi, Paul, when's it going to happen? Well, as long as you got Patrick Mahomes and you're playing well and you're 12 and or what are you you're 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 you're, you're you've only lost 3 games that makes you 14 and 3. I mean, come on. That's not bad. That's not bad. You've got time. You've got a young Patrick Mahomes. I mean, his stock is just going to rise and if it doesn't happen, and I'm not convinced that that he's had job offers, but he's not a dumb guy. I think that's obvious to everybody that looks at this. He's going to find the right situation for him. He's going to look at personnel. He's going to look at ownership of the franchise. He's going to look at past history of whatever that franchise is. And he understands how important it is for him to give himself all the advantages of of stepping into the right situation. I think that's what that is. I think you've got an Eric Bieniemy who sometimes, as an offensive coordinator, we see concern. We see we see a side that becomes conservative in play calling. We see uh, a coordinator who kind of lives the way he operates on the field. So I think that uh, there's a certain conservatism to uh, the game that Biennemi possesses, and I think that transpires over into his ability to look at where do I want to go? Who do I want to work for? What will I have in the tank? What is what is my salary cap? What is how many draft picks do I have for my first draft? I mean, I think he's going to examine a plethora of items with on the list to make sure this is the right job. I honestly think in his vision, he's never seen the right job offer come along. But you may be right; he may have never had a job offer that we know of. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he would take any job offer now because I think he feels like he's got to go prove it. It's been one of the more curious things to follow every every offseason is whether Eric Bieniemy is going to get a job. And right. I'm not even hearing his name, Paul, rumored around jobs right now. Right. Which, you know, usually in these offseasons, they are. Um, they are. But I, 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 we haven't heard it. We haven't heard it, so we'll see. I, it's another offseason where we're going to watch Bienemy, but you know, probably what happens over the next few weeks if the Chiefs continue to advance would push teams, I think, over the edge. I'm just surprised because Kansas City doing what it's done offensively this year, despite losing Hill, reinventing itself, all of those things, has just been really, really impressive and impressive. probably not talked about enough. No, and no. and Mahomes, Mahomes should win the MVP, and I think that will draw some attention back to it. And maybe we're just not ready to look at it that way. I think people around here are because, you know, that was the big story of the offseason. Oh, no, Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs offense is going to go way down. Even, even, you know, reasonable takes, like they'll take a small step back or they'll do anything. But they didn't do that. Their offense is different but equally as powerful. In a diff, you know, it just does it in a different way. So we'll watch on that. 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll see if we can track down Mike Golick sometime in this hour. If not, we'll try to do that again 
on another day. We'll continue the conversation. The Shockers played last night. We'll hit that when we return on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. to get back to the sports talk. All right, let's do this thing. Go! Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. There it is, Mac. Max, what is that? What is that, Jack? I kept waiting for, like... I kept waiting for that, you know, big moment there in the song. What song was that? That was Santana, wasn't it? Do it again. Do it again by Steely Dan. Oh, Steely Dan. That's Steely, it. Steely Dan. Okay. Uh, Paul, the, the Shockers played last night in Memphis. Uh, kept it tight for a while. And then by the end of it, it was right at the number about what it was expected in the game. Um, Wichita State had an opportunity late. Memphis pulled away. I think Memphis is is you know a better team this year, so I don't know that that's disappointing by any means. But I think if if we're looking at it, it was a little disappointing to see the way that game was played. You you almost know if Wichita State's going to go there and win that game, they got to go defense uh, defense first. But Memphis was able to score eighty eight points on fifty three percent shooting. Um, you know their stars showed out in a big way in that game. DeAndre Williams had twenty nine and fifteen. Um, so Wichita State couldn't get that defense established like it normally would. You know, they actually shot the ball well, right? 37% from three. That's as good as we see them shoot three-point shot all year, which is probably why they were able to hang in that game. But, you know, the defense is going to have to be the key for Wichita State. And it's not been, you know, the dominant force it was early in the year. And I don't know what that means. They had a two-game win streak in the conference going before this one. 
and they have to go on Sunday now to SMU. But what did you make of last night's game against the Tigers? Well, seeing the Shockers up in the first half, I was very, very you know, enthusiastic. I was really pleased to see the Shockers come out, start t- playing tough, and, and they really got after it. However, uh, once that lead uh, went away, and now you're now you're into a give and take basketball game with a team of the quality athletes of, of Memphis, and you got another situation on your hands. The thing that distressed me, and you kind of touched on it, uh, I'll just kind of uh, maybe throw a little more on on the fire with regards to undefended threes, undefended jumpers. Uh, there was that was really of a concern, and you knew just you just knew that Memphis was going to be able to shoot the heck out of the three because they got a lot of their shots uncontested. I mean, it wasn't like you're defended and then you do a step back, you know, a step back jumper for a three or something like that. There were a lot of threes where you could set up, set your feet, get yourself poised, face the basket, and get a nice follow through. A lot of threes like that. That was the distressing part: is uh, defending the open shots. And Memphis got a ton of open shots. That's a good basketball team. It's hard for me to believe that they've already lost two games in in the uh, AAC. But, man, oh, man, uh, Memphis is still a good basketball team. Very talented. As you said, with regards to individual talent on the floor, Memphis is good. You just can't give a team that shoots as well as Memphis does those kind of open shots and expect to win a game. And uh, I think by the middle of the second half, I was probably convincing myself. I don't know that Wichita State has an answer for what's happening to them. I mean, it's not they didn't play tough. They played tough. They played hard. They they got after it. But it's the little things like uh, defending a three, defending a jumper. Uh, too many good open shots for Memphis. You just can't beat a team of that quality athlete. Yeah, it, it's tough. And, and that was going to be a tough assignment no matter what. And we'll see because – you know, you get the two wins in a row. That looks pretty good. Memphis, who we think is ahead of Wichita State this year anyway. Now you go to SMU. That's a game you think about, you know, Wichita State needing to win. Well, you can win. Same That's thing. a game you can at, win. The, the one that interests me a ton, Paul, uh, is at East Carolina. Because East Carolina, I think, uh, you know, there, there could be a little revenge on the plate there for Wichita State. And those are the next three before the big game uh, against Houston where – you know, at that point, you're looking for the big upset, and that's what that game will have to be. Right. Uh, we've got a weekend of college basketball coming. Both KU and K-State play big ones tomorrow, and, you know, both teams trying to further establish, you know, the pecking order of the Big 12. You've got TCU coming into Kansas, and TCU, they're not desperate here, but TCU went to West Virginia and lost, and – you know, that that was a disappointing outcome for them. Not that West Virginia is bad. They're not. I think that it highlights just how good this league is top to bottom. But it's still, if you're TCU and you have aspirations to win this league, which they very much do, that was a loss you can't have. So they're coming in probably pretty motivated against Kansas. And I think they showed us, right, they can play through their bigs. That's the one thing Kansas has struggled with a little bit this year. So that becomes a pretty interesting matchup at Allen Fieldhouse Saturday at noon. Well, I think you're exactly right. It's going to be an interesting – I mean, right now when you look at the overall standings, the Big 12 is really a little more top-heavy than I thought the potential was. I thought we would see more teams uh, beating up on each other. And and quite frankly, you look at the Texas Techs, you look at the Oklahoma States, and and maybe you think to yourself, well, maybe we were assigning a little more uh, oomph to those teams than we would have at the – you know, um, than, than maybe we should have. 
But I look at I look at KU and I look at K State and I think to myself, you know, one of those two teams, I don't know which one, but one of those two teams is going to be is going to be the team that that rises to the top. I think that might and and maybe those two teams both beat up the rest of the Big 12. But uh, it's going to be be interesting to watch KU and K-State with reference to the rest of the teams in the Big 12, partly because, you know, you look at Baylor, they're down a little bit. Iowa State, probably not quite as good as we thought. Oklahoma, mediocre. Oklahoma State, about where we thought probably. TCU is that one team that I look at and I think to myself, you know, these guys can play. These guys can be very, very good, particularly at home. But, I'm, I mean, I look at the overall – overall situation of the Big 12, I think, speaking for myself, I might have been off a little bit, I thought it was going to be a more rounded, beat-each-other-up type league than it's turning out to be. I could be wrong on that. I think you said Iowa State not as good as we thought. Iowa State way well, better um, than we thought. Yeah, better than we thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I that is, it has been interesting to see the standings, and there is still a ton of time for it to even out like we all sort of suspected. Um, it did separate there for a little bit, but then TCU gets beat by West Virginia at home. And and it feels like those kinds of things are going to happen, right? And I mean, West Virginia on Saturday now gets to welcome Texas in too. Can they do it twice in a row? Sure they can, right? Can Oklahoma State beat Iowa State at Gallagher-Iba? Sure they can. Yes. Can, can a desperate Texas Tech who loses nothing but close games come into Bramlage and beat Kansas State? Yes, they can. And that's what, you know, the, the true strength of this league, Paul, is the fact that there there will never be a game in this conference season where you feel like one team doesn't have a chance to beat the other. Tech got just crushed by Iowa State in Ames. You know, other than that, Tech, who still hasn't won a game in the conference, they lose by three to Kansas. They lose in overtime to Oklahoma. They lose by two at Texas, right? They lose to Baylor by seven. Like, they're right in these games, and that's the that's the team that hasn't won one in the league yet. TCU on the road was a six-point loss. Those are their losses right now. So could they come to Allen, I mean, come to Bramlage and, and get a win over K-State after K-State's emotionally draining win over KU? Absolutely they can. They for sure can. They're a really good team. Sure. And and that, that will play itself out to some degree. What I think will, you know, what's worth watching – is can any one team avoid those landmines better than the other? Or, what seems more likely, will they all sort of have to take those landmines and and you just sort of see who's left standing? I'm not sure that I think there's going to be one team that just navigates it better than the others. I, I, I don't think I think that's going to happen. I think we will see a little bit more, you know... Um, evenness throughout the league but I you know I don't think all of a sudden Texas Tech's gonna like string off nine conference wins in a row or anything like that so I do think there will be some separation I just think it'll be a little bit less than what we saw early in the conference season right and it's going to be one of the three teams that's going to hop up into the top echelon you know there's still a lot of games still left and it's going to be Texas it's going to be TCU or it's going to be Baylor uh that for all we know because let's face it, those are all still top 25 basketball teams. They're pretty good basketball teams, and they've got good players. And one of those three teams will pop up with Iowa State, KU, or K-State uh, and compete. But, I mean, right now you've got over half of this league sitting at a point where I'm not sure I know who's going to win this league. I think KU. 
I think that's kind of an obvious statement. I mean, it's it's I certainly agree. it's certainly not. I'm coming up with something so original that it's unbelievable that KU has a good chance. At least when you look at at player personnel, you look at uh, pedigree, you look at coaching staff, you look at all the the in, ingredients to go into winning a Big Twelve championship. You know, I mean, and I'm not going to surprise anybody say, anybody by saying. KU will probably have as good a chance as any. That might be the way to put it to win the Big 12. But man, oh man, this right now, this is this is this this league. I predict is six teams, at least six teams, uh, capable of winning the regular season still, or even winning the tournament. I mean, I just this league is is that good. It's that deep, and even a couple of the teams in that second half of of uh, of, of teams, Oklahoma State. And uh, Oklahoma, you know, nothing would surprise me. Can West Virginia step up and beat anybody on any given night? I think they can. Well, you just said yourself, Texas Tech, on the other hand, who has is 0-5 in the conference, you know, you're not going to be stunned if they go into Bramlage and beat K-State, are you? Because I won't be surprised, but, but uh, it probably won't happen. But, you know, this is a league that's at least six deep, maybe even seven, but probably six deep. I, look, the the surprising thing to me happened, and I won't fall for it again. The surprising thing to me was that TCU lost to West Virginia, even though that was in you know in Morgantown. So I, I, I'm not going to be in, in West Virginia is eight and two at home this year. I won't be surprised by that again. I, I don't think there will be another outcome this season that will surprise me because it just <laughs> like at any point any team can be any other team in any arena and and whatever. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Kansas has the inside track just because we've seen it before, right? right? And just because we know Bill Self in this spot um and there are some unknowns in other places, right? Jerome Tang, Otzelberger, you know, can these guys step it up? Texas has an interim coach right now. TCU's never been in a position to win the league. Can they get to that spot? And can Baylor get back to the spot? We've seen them so many times in recent years. Yeah, I mean, I think all those things could, could absolutely happen. Yeah, and I want to. Um, I just want to so, tweak a little bit on K-State fans. You know, a lot of the season that's still left to play, it's all going to depend on how much uh, Coach Tang is able to, uh, you know, fend off those people, those teams, those programs that are looking to recruit him to come to their school. Can he stay focused? Can he not look at those? Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. That was that was just a tweak to all you K-Staters who are neurotic about Coach Tang leaving. He's not leaving. Please trust me on that. He's not leaving. I just I just had to tweak him a little bit. Yeah, you don't. So you don't see that world where I, he could possibly not, go somewhere. Not else yet. Not, did I say not ever? I'm, I'm, I didn't say not ever. I'm just saying not quite yet. I just don't think that he would he would leave at this particular program. For guys' sakes, he was at Baylor when they were playing with uh, level of basketballs Correct. that had laces on them. Are you kidding? So I mean, he I mean, he's just that kind of guy. At least that's what I perceive. That's what I think. I was just having fun at the expense of some K State people who are a little neurotic about him heading off to the University of Texas. Now, don't get me wrong, University of Texas in basketball is a heck of a gig. I mean that is not a you know you could you you could establish the right guy could establish a national championship contender every year at the University of Texas but you can do everything at the University of Texas when it comes to sports. Yeah, it, look, yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, I don't know. It, it just for me, it, I can't imagine things going better or feeling more natural than they have gone so far for Tang at K-State. 
I didn't imagine this level of success, but we were all on board with the Tang hire right out of the gate because it seemed like such a good fit, right? right. Like he oh. was embracing and doing yeah. all the things that needed to be done. And, oh, by the way, it appears that he's a hell of a basketball coach. You think? Um, well, how about that? So, so I, I think that they'll be able to get him paid. I don't know how much that matters to him, honestly. Like, and, and I think sometimes we just assume that's what's most important to everybody. And that's because in this world, so often it plays out that way. But that's not always the case. And and if you think about real life and people and your own life and everything else, nobody, you know, not nobody, but there's a lot of people that don't just take the most money or the biggest, you know, profile or whatever it is things matter to people look at you know how long greg marshall stayed at wichita state there are teams that offered him more money there are and he didn't why because it was good fit here and you know things didn't end the way we wanted them to obviously and and that got a little messy or a lot messy but it, it, it we see that type of thing happen all the time bill self could have gone to the nba and made a whole bunch more money right um, there, there are things that present themselves all the time, but sometimes a good fit's a good fit's a good fit. I'm not saying K-State doesn't need to take care of, of Jerome Tang and, you know, elevate that and get him in line with his peers and all those things. Of course they do. But I don't know that that's the most important thing to Jerome Tang. I don't think it is. Right. I think it's probably far from it based on what we know about him and what we hear him say. So the things we know about him and the things we hear him say are the things that make us think Manhattan's a perfect fit. Small invested community, high character, uh, all of those things that are valued that Bill Snyder has represented for so long. Jerome Tang represents a lot of those same things, Paul. It feels like that to me. Right, and don't forget plenty of NIL. I think K-State is doing as good a job as anybody in the Big 12 with NIL, probably better than, you know, they're in the top half at least with NIL. We all know that that's an ingredient that is important to – to, uh, to to the success of any basketball program in the Big 12 or football program, for that matter. So, obviously, he's happy with that. The quality of athletes that they're getting shows that they are spending some money on NIL. And, uh, you know, K-State, in the world of NIL, it appears to me is not going to go down without a fight. I mean, I, it's going to take more than just, you know, tons of money. They're going to be able to compete in the world of NIL. We see that with the quality of athletes they're getting for football. We see that. That what they're getting with uh, with basketball, we see the quality of athlete uh, maintain, if not get better. And part of that is NIL. We just can't ever, almost on any conversation like this, look past NIL, can we, Jacob? Uh, no, and no, and and Kansas State's fine there. I mean, and obviously, fine. look at his recruits. That's right. Look at his look at his recruiting class. Um, and that was you know that's what everyone was excited about right before right. we got to this season right and they're not um, coming for free by the way those guys aren't coming for free no i mean that's yeah. not the world we live in with college not, not now right yeah so this is is coming back into the spotlight paul and the nfl's interest in neutral site uh championship games tommy brought that up uh, i don't know a week or so ago whenever they made that announcement and i thought man that'd be crazy i, I just don't know that the interest would be there I, I don't know that you're going to get people traveling without the notice it takes to do something like that. I don't know if I was right about that, Paul. I think I might have been wrong. The NFL now celebrating how fast they sold 50,000 tickets to the neutral side AFC championship game. 
Well, it's not all um, it's not all Kansas City Chief fans that'll that'll show up. It'll be a got lot of Buffalo involved too. Yeah, you, but yeah. I mean, you will have you will have a lot of locals and you know that want to see a, a nice, high quality you know football game at the NFL level. Sure, but here's the problem. Here's the thing that I have. Doesn't the NFL unless celebrations are a unique thing with football because there's a lot of things that go on with regards to tailgating, with regards to. Uh, there are businesses in your hometown of Kansas City. Let's say, let's say your average barbecue, and let's face it, there is no such thing as average barbecue in Kansas City. That's not what I mean. It's outstanding barbecue uh, by many, many different sites, but they all, they all celebrate home games, people eating there after, eating there before, depending on the time of the game. And there's a lot of businesses that 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 have an advantage when it comes to uh uh, having a home game at the NFL level. Come on. You're going to do that to your local cities? You're going to take that commerce out of your local cities and take it to Atlanta? That's what you're going to do? And make Kansas City Chiefs fans who might take a $500 plane uh, trip that might spend that $500 in Kansas City. I'm using Kansas City as the example. You're going to take those people and take their money, and that money now doesn't filter into other businesses in into Kansas. Kansas City. Are I you know. are, are you kidding me? Are you really? That's the part. That's the part that I can't understand either, and how the NFL will offset that because I can't imagine there would be any teams actually on board with this, right? Like I can't who, imagine what. No. What franchise is going to willingly give up the opportunity for that kind of gate, for that kind of impact on their local community? Like I, I, I'm having now the one. I, I don't know if if they want to try to offset this by like rotating it among cities, right? Which could be no. good, but we're going to rotate it. Wrong. You can't, but you can't rotate it around 32 cities. You know, and and. Unless you're going to do that, and then the really bad franchises that never have an opportunity to host one get you know some cut, or if you're going to try to like revenue split the you know the championship games, and I guess you wouldn't have to rotate it among 32. You'd have to rotate it every 16 years, right? So each team in each league. But you're not going to if you do it neutral site, you're not going to pick cold weather places. Yeah, you're going to pick all the domes. So like I, it, it just I'm having a hard time understanding a a group of owners that would however it would happen think that this was a good thing for their individual franchises and that's i think would be the challenge in that for the nfl it's certainly not good for all these communities that help pay for these stadiums right for the most part not always uh but for the most part communities have to help pay for these stadiums so how are you going to justify it to them, right? Right. right. We, they, they, in a lot of ways, the communities earn that right too, and so I, I don't know, but I don't. I just, I mean, let's let's look at the obvious, and the obvious is the league is ready to celebrate how many tickets they sold for that game potentially happening in Atlanta that we don't even know is happening yet. I don't think they do that unless they're they've got some, you know, motive here to potentially open this up down the road. I think Tommy was right. I think a lot of people have been on that since, and and I could see something to it. I hope it doesn't happen because it doesn't make sense to me at this point. If you can financially explain to me how it doesn't hurt the local communities, then I'd be on board with it. It'd be fine. Clearly, there's interest. If there is this time, there probably always would be. Um, but you know, to to make it 
only in a certain number of stadiums that don't benefit everybody and every community and all the jobs and impacts to be, all those things, that, that's a pretty hard swallow. Right. And then let's take a look at on field. I mean, because after all, what, what do we talk about all the time when you get to that point of the season where let's say three quarters of the games have been played. I'm just using that figure around three quarters of the games have been played in, in the regular season. What is a topic that we start talking about? Home field advantage. Is that right. worth playing for? I mean, Jacob, in your opinion, well, is you'd home... still, you sure know, you'd is. still have it through divisional. That part doesn't bother me quite as much. Okay, well, um, but it's still it's still something to play for. You're going to play for. I'll, I I almost remember the day, the win that got Kansas City home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. That's big. Now you're going to go play the Super Bowl in a neutral site. I get that. That's because that's a celebration of the entire league. I get that. That's the way it should be. I don't have a problem with a neutral site uh, Super Bowl. That's a big deal. And I think a Super uh, a Super Bowl at a n- neutral site seems fair and seems right. However, through the playoffs, there is that thing called home field advantage. And you know how you get home field advantage? You earn it. You work for well, it. You win you for know, it. We- Yes, we so, like the Super Bowl, but had there been, you know, championship, and I'm, and I don't, you, you can educate me on this. You know, were championship games before the Super Bowl just played in home stadiums? Yes. Um. So we made the change once, and, and that's the thing. Like eventually, we we would get on board with this, but it's how do you, you know, it's a totally different economic dynamic now involved with this. So how do you, you know, you'd have to, you're just going to have to explain to me that end of it, but. Uh, you know, I, if we're going full-blown NFL and all these things, if they wanted to do a neutral site, they're probably going to add another playoff team. They're probably going to take away the first-round buys so that teams do get a chance still to host two playoff games, right, every team. Right. And and that's probably where that's headed, too. You go to eight playoff teams, and then, you know, now you're looking at 16 out of 32 teams, so 50% of the league reaching the postseason. And all those things that, you know, make people nervous and get people concerned and all that – that doesn't usually bother me as much that the thing, honestly, and the only piece of this, because I think that's what would happen if they did this. I think they'd add another playoff team, but what, what really bothers me is what could potentially be taken away from local communities because local communities are dependent on so much to build these dadgum stadiums. So you gotta, you gotta explain that piece to me. If it's just on the field stuff, good point. Look, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. Right. Like it, it, they'll they'll figure out a way to get a couple of home games. The teams got you know I don't for me like go win against any team at any stadium if you're if you're worried about winning a Super Bowl. If you're the best team, you're the best team, the best team. So that part of it isn't as hard for me to swallow as taking it away now. Taking it away when they made the Super Bowl, Paul. You know, we weren't dealing with the same economic landscape of the NFL that we are now as if you were taking something away. Well, and this and the neutral site Super Bowl, almost its time was perfect. The timing was perfect for that because that makes it a big deal. The Super Bowl is a big deal for most sports fans. The world comes to a halt on Super Bowl Sunday, doesn't it? I mean, you have Sunday school classes and classmates and bars and Everybody's getting together. You're going to a Super Bowl party. It's as close to a holiday as we have without having an actual bona fide holiday. That's as close as it comes for a holiday. So uh, it's a separate deal when it comes to the Super Bowl. It's a unique situation. You know, 
World Series doesn't have that. The NBA playoffs don't have that. They don't have that feel of a national holiday. The Super Bowl has that feel, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and that's, that's part of what that's the NFL. Why. The NFL, two things the NFL has done that's put it in its place. They have figured out a way to own a day of the week on yes. Sundays. Bingo. Right? Yep. It's yep. theirs. It's, it's theirs. theirs, and nobody's going to interfere Nobody. with that. And, and outside of church in the morning, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. You got church, and then you got NFL football. That's it. Um, And then the Super Bowl, right? W- what the Super Bowl has become. Because it is. It, it is consistently what more people watch than anything else. The spectacle of it, the buildup, the hype, all of that stuff. Those are the two things I think the NFL has done better than anything that has it in the position that it is. So it makes sense that they would want to recapture some of that Super Bowl thing one more or two more times. It'll be, you know, you can't water that down, though. And, and this year is going to be an interesting case study. Then, of course, we're all picking the Bengals, so it may not even happen. I don't know. We'll see. But they're already beating their chest because they sold 50,000 tickets. <laughs> I mean, they're already setting us up for this. Like, it's like you couldn't be more obvious, NFL. Like, what? We don't even know that the game's going to be played there yet. Why are you, why are you, you know, on this track unless you've got something else cooking here? Right. Let's take one more break. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's coming up on a busy weekend on our Odyssey Family and Networks as we wrap up the week on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 